All right, ATP Podcast, episode 20, the official episode 20, or maybe the unofficial. We'll find out at some point. Um, but uh, third time now on, Mr. Drake Eaton. Indeed. Third Happy time. To have you. Hopefully not the last. Definitely not the last. If, if we survive it to the next one. If we survive it to the next one, exactly. Which we will. No, no doubt. Undoubtedly. But uh, as we remain immortal. Beat me to it. <laughs> So, uh, been getting into this armored combat lately, been really ramping it up. Um, I wanted, I can't remember how exactly you brought me into it, but how did you first find it? I found, uh, I found out about what armored combat was, uh, years ago now. So I found out about what it was because I had an interest in historical combat. I've always loved armor and weapons since I was as young as I had interests, you know, single digits. I've loved the history of combat armor and weapons. Um, reenactment was an interest to me, although I never really did any of that. Um, so I was always around the community where I was, you know, trying to find armor to buy and going to the Renaissance Fair and stuff like that. And I had heard guys that were people I respected in terms of their knowledge talk about something back then that was called live steel. Okay. Um, and live steel was exactly what it sounds like live steel combat so it was okay. it was fighting with steel weapons now it was different than what we're doing i'm sure i haven't even looked into the details because that's just the word and the interest the the uh, group that got me down the path that led me to this okay so then that was always in the back of my mind there's another thing that i was interested in called the sca which was the society of creative anachronism um which was more of like uh bridging the gap between full contact real fighting but using rattan um, which is like a, a, a wood ultimately. Okay. And I don't want to call it this cause it's an insult to it, but I mean, in, in between that and almost LARPing, so to speak, yeah. they're not LARPing, but there was like a system of, you know, um, Ben talks about it, mm-hmm. the armor about, you know, there's Dukes and Kings and okay. Baronies and there's stuff roles. like that. And there's roles of some sort because that's more, that's a total historical thing. Okay. So that's more combining, actually let's take the LARP statement back. That's combining reenactment. Okay. With full contact fighting, but they use Breton. Gotcha. So of course the armor standards are less. Yeah. You can get away with some of the stuff, you know, that involves, you know, heavy layers of leather, chainmail underneath it and padding and you know, you have to have steel in certain areas. You gotta have steel on your head, certain mm-hmm. thickness, you gotta have your face protected just okay. like you would in any you know, you can't beat each other with pieces of wood with an exposed face. That's gonna lead to the hospital pretty quick. Right. Um, but you know, so there's armor regulations, it's <clears> not nearly as stringent. So then that led me into I was interested in that, never pursued it. I went to a few meetings. Um, and then years later passed, I got down the road of just working and fitness and all this other stuff, other martial arts. And then when I was actually living in Mexico, um, I was very desperate to reconnect with things I had a personal interest in because I was in a place that was not my style. Okay. Nothing I was interested in going, going on other than fitness, like I yeah. said. So I was you know, spent a lot of time. I was only working two hours a day, three hours a day, so I had a lot of extra time. And I was watching stuff on YouTube almost constantly, way more than I'd like to admit. And then that led me down the route of, oh, wow, what is this armored combat stuff? And I saw these videos. And I remember showing them to my mom, like, you got to check this out. And we'd sit there on the, on the couch, and my buddy Cody would even come in, and we'd look up videos of these massive melees and uh, tournaments in Europe where they're, they are fighting in a castle and they're using steel weapons. Mm-hmm fighting with steel weapons and then that's when like this thing in my mind clicked on like at some point this has got to happen yeah because up until that point jousting was my epitome you know okay all the other stuff was like meantime powerlifting 
CrossFit or bodybuilding. I was all like in the interim. I was like, eventually, I'm gonna joust. Like, right. I, you know, other martial arts are cool. Like, I love the <laughs> other martial arts I trained and competed in when I was younger. But like, okay, I'm gonna joust. So. This was like, oh, wow, I can actually fight on foot with steel weapons. Yeah. Like they did back in the day, because they did tournaments with mounted and, and foot combat. And it was exactly like that. I saw these videos promoted for Battle of Nations, which I showed you like mm -hmm. a year ago. And these guys are going at it. They're kicking and, and, and grappling and, and all, you know, all the things you can imagine in real combat uh, with a very small set of exceptions. And that was it. That fire got lit, and that was in 2017. So it was always in the back of my mind. Every week or month, I thought about it at least a few times. Okay. No matter what, it was in there. Um, and then about 10 months ago, very, very early 2020, as in January, mm -hmm. so 11 months ago, I said, okay, it's time to rekindle the passion for what I truly love and take action. Mm -hmm. Find something. Don't let it come to me. I've done enough of that in my life. I'm gonna look up groups. Mm. I'm gonna look up places around here um, for traditional combat and armored combat. I wanna know, I wanna do it. Yeah. So I found that HEMA place, which I told you about, where mm -hmm. I went and did the longsword classes. Yeah. And um, no offense to him, but it was just too, too, I don't know even how to explain it. There wasn't enough contact. It was too technical, too historical. Okay. Uh, to put the word plainly, too it, was structured. Too, it was too nerdy, to put okay. it plainly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Okay, the books around me right now, but right. it was just too like, okay, yeah, this isn't, you know, I'm used to like, I, I did, you know, as you do now, like I did Muay Thai and, mm -hmm. you know, and some MMA classes and wrestling and stuff where it was it was not skittish for, com for contact, right? Yeah. And, uh, it was just weird. It was kind of offish. I didn't like it too much. I went to a few classes and then I was like, okay, I got to find this armored combat stuff. So I looked it up. I said armored combat Cincinnati and I found the barbarians page okay. on Facebook, which really wasn't up kept well at all. It was pretty new. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a lot on there is what I mean. Like it was pretty like, oh, there's a few things. I can't even really tell what's going on, but at least they responded. So I quickly sent Jacob, who we now will know well, a message who runs it. And I said, hey, I'm interested in this. Give me the details when you guys meet. Can I come by and check it out? And the next weekend, he gave me the details, and I was like, I'm not going to slack. I went to these HEMA classes for shit's sake numerous times, even though I didn't like it at first. Yeah. I'm going to pursue this passion. Yeah. So I went the next weekend with Jessica, my girlfriend, and uh, and uh, checked it out. They were fighting that day. They, were doing, they weren't fighting in hard kit. They weren't in armor. Okay. They were doing... Um, they were doing grappling drills. They were wrestling. Okay. They were wrestling the first day I showed up, uh -huh. and then after the wrestling, they started doing soft kit work with mm. the with the soft swords and the and the the helmet, just to work on skills. But they were going full force, and then I looked at some of their armor because they had them in the big the big uh, chest things they carry around. The big uh, I don't even know what those are called. Wow. Like big big pieces of Tupperware. Storage bins. Storage bins. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking through the armor, and I knew I was hooked. Yeah. I was taking pictures of people's helmets. Now it's like I see helmets all around me I own, but I was like, oh, wow, I gotta, better get a picture of this guy's helmet in case I don't get to see this again. Yeah. And it was, I was hooked. So I said, okay, I'm coming back. I'm going to start getting my kit together, et cetera. You start buying some basics. And uh, that's what I did. So I started, I went back in February. February, I still remember specifically, it's how passionate I was for it. It was February 22nd, Saturday. And uh, I showed up. I had, all I had was my padding and a cup. And, and some shoes, some historical shoes. And uh, 
they hooked me up with the rest. Yeah. I used the I used armor of a guy who's six two and <laughs> however big Jacob is, two hundred and fifty pounds probably. And it was loose as hell, but I fought and I still remember the first time I got in there how absolutely nerve wracking it was. Because they yeah. fight they fight in a bullpen. Right. You know, in this broken down building. So and, let's explain uh, a little bit like real quick and then we'll yeah. continue. The the sport's called Boo Hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna let you explain some of that. Okay. You, you know the details now. And it's uh it is full contact steel weapons fighting. You're in wearing steel armor of of some sorts, pretty much fully protected where you need to be. Yeah, you're going to be more seventy percent at least. Yeah, yeah, most of it. And you were fighting with steel weapons. The only caveat being that they are all blunted to a three millimeter edge at least. Yeah. Um, and there's certain weight requirements too, so you can't you know overproduce force. Yeah. Not using an um, actual sledgehammer or something. And minus a few rules, no thrusting, so that you can't sneak through gaps of armor and actually, you know, wound someone directly on their flesh. And big thing there is eyes too. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's so easy. You know, take an eye out of you. Right. If you sneak it through the helmet right and everything. Helmet yeah. So no thrusting, no shots to the back of the knee. Couple other nuanced. Rules you don't about actively attack the groin. True yeah. of every single martial art I've right. ever Yeah, just in. most other ones. Yeah. But other than that, it's I mean, it's go at it. Like don't hold back yeah. and full contact, full full fight, everything and uh it's pretty wild. So you were knowing that you're in that bull ring for the first time about yeah. to experience And I actually take this. that back. I, I didn't. I did not have a cup with me the first time, and I didn't tell them that because that was a strict rule they stuck by. As we, as we do, we stick right. by that strictly. I didn't have one. I didn't tell them. Um, I actually did have a shield I had already ordered. The shield, you know well, and I did have that with me with all my other few pieces of equipment I had, and they got me geared up. And I remember getting in there for my first one-on-one, and uh, it was sword and shield. You know, I've never, as as anyone can imagine, I've never fought truly fought with a sword and shield. I've messed around with like stuff that I had that, yeah. you know, as a kid and stuff with my friends, um, knowing I wanted to do it badly then. But I remember getting in there and the adrenaline rushing, you know, and the because when you're not wear, used to wearing armor, as we've attested to people many times, when you have not worn armor and all that gear and, and you're about, and your adrenaline is like your, your heart is beating through your ears, it is fucking exhausting. Yep. Every moment is exhausting. And until you get conditioned to it, which you know takes honestly m- probably dozens of times fighting, or maybe yeah. ten, a ten, twenty times fighting, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's just hard. And I, it was just so wild. Like I, I'm so scared, and yet I'm so excited. And I remember starting to go at it. We both were pretty new, and it looked not that good. Yeah. Um, but we were getting each other, you know, and like, <laughs> and we started, you know, fight. it was, it was for, it was dueling. So it was for points and quotations, but before you know it, we're getting close. He hits me in the face with a shield really hard. And actually like, I'm like, Whoa, that was wild. I didn't expect that. He's really hit me. Yeah. And, uh, then I grappled him and I was like, Oh, I'm taking you to the ground. I remember throwing him down to the ground and he hit the ground with all that armor on and that exhilaration of like, yeah, I just conquered this other night in the ring. Like I threw him to the ground. First time here, I'm looking so cool. You know, my ego's all inflared. And then, you know, we get back up, start fighting again, and he gets too close to me again. I threw him down again, and this time my helmet comes flying off because it's too big. Oh. Um, and luckily he was on the ground. And uh, I was so exhausted, two rounds in for one-minute rounds. And we did a full three, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I waited all day to fight because I got there at noon, didn't get armor until 530 because oh, all geez. these people were there. And then, uh, then after that, I got in my first melee, which was a two-on-two. And... Uh, 
it was the three new guys and this fellow Tyler, who's a very experienced fighter, um, been around a while in it, and uh, he's no small guy either, so he's got some force behind him. So I was like, okay, this is gonna be wild. And uh, man, I still remember the first time that started, the bell runner, you know, he said fight, and I had this brand new ax that I had actually brought with me, the other thing I had bought, and uh, I swung it at this guy's head, and uh, <laughs> it broke the steel ax which I could split wood with. I've tried since, it's that thick of a head, even yeah. though it's not sharp, it's strong enough to split wood. Hit this dude on the head full force with a double overhand swing and, sh and shattered the handle <laughs> on his head. As I got hit directly in the head, double overhand swing and my bell rung, my ears were ringing. And I thought, this is insane. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. It's totally crazy. I'm standing there with nothing in my hands looking around like an idiot and someone says, rings it over the ring and screams, take this take this and he's got another big axe in his hand and that was it i was hooked period i was hooked in that moment i'm like all right this is as good as most of the films i watch and i'm experiencing yeah. it directly this is too epic for me to not want to do this long term and that was my first like actual fighting experience i guess in a, in a detailed way and then you've been back several times since oh i've been oh, i've been fighting now now technically including us just fighting each other and mm -hmm. the tournament and and going back to the barbarians and fighting here at our at, at our place for our practices i mean now i've now i've fought more times than i would like to count right off the top of my head which yeah. is cool to say yeah. um i'm sure it's still only in the region of you know 15 or 20 but i mean a few months ago it was three yeah. so it's 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 pretty More nice to say that yeah no it's a pretty similar experience it's pretty wild like I remember watching watching you do it, watching the videos, looking like, thinking like, wow, that's that's out there, that's crazy. And then I remember one time, like you asked if like I wanted to come, and I ended up not being able to go originally the yeah, first time. The first time, time yeah. Um, but like as soon as you said it, like it was like, yeah, well, like why not? Like I mean, like <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to hit some people with yeah. some things and, and armor up. This would be cool. And and then fortunately got to go that one time. And yeah, I, I remember that was still in September. I still September, remember. September, yeah getting getting suited up and like you said like your adrenaline's pumping you're getting suited you're starting to feel the weight you're like oh you're starting oh, yeah. to realize like how you can't move you're starting like, to realize oh, okay. your breathing is labored is, a little yeah, bit yeah this is interesting because i remember i remember watching watching the videos and watching i'm just like all these guys are slow as shit like yeah. this <laughs> what, what is this okay i go in there and fuck everyone up and then I put the armor on, I'm like, oh, this is why you're slow as shit. This is really yeah. hard to do. Yeah, I mean, the armor, and I think I underestimate too sometimes. I could be wrong here. The people ask me, oh, how much does the armor you guys wear weigh? And I always tell them, like, oh, 50 to 70 pounds. And I actually start thinking about it now. Like, I think it's more than that. It has to be. I think it's more than that all in all because, A, it is thicker than the contemporaries in history, obviously for material reasons among many others. Mm -hmm. um, but... It's no joke, man. Like yeah. we say this all the time, but like you know, we're you know we're not the greatest athletes in the world. But I wrestled for nine years consistently. Yeah, um, I competed in CrossFit. That's very taxing, mm -hmm. you know, and at, at like a, a reasonable level too. Um, we've you played rugby. Mm -hmm. We both played football. Um, we've played. We've done very physical I've things. Done a lot of yeah. Um, you you did track. You know the list yes. goes on, right? Like. Uh, there's nothing moment for moment, athletically speaking, or even martial arts or whatever you want to talk about, moment for moment, nothing's going to compare to this in terms of how taxing it no, is. No, as far as exhaustion. Like, yeah. Exhaustion level and the amount of conditioning it takes to keep going and going with any degree of like actual severity to your strikes and intensity to your movements. Like one minute in, 
if you are still, and don't get me wrong, you can get, I mean, I'm sure in five years, I, I won't feel this way because I'll be so good at it mm -hmm. you know, by that time. Right, well, there were clearly people at that comp that were that doing were all the doing, duels and yeah. kept going and was yeah, fine. Yeah, Richard's, you know, 50 years old and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and not even in great shape outside the armor, but he's yeah. so conditioned to it. But um, it is amazing that it's like, you get people in that armor. And we've had a few people that hold up better than others, but mm -hmm. we've had people in great shape. Most of the people we're bringing over here are we're bringing from a gym yeah. or a martial arts studio or both, <laughs> right? Right. So they're coming from a place that is physical, and they're still exhausted after their first or second maybe one-minute round. Yeah. And that's one of the coolest things is that, like, talk about conditioning carryover to other things. I, I have no doubt if I went and ran right now, I say this all the time, and I did actually. I, I could just keep going, even though it's not the same thing, versus vice versa, that's not going to be Right, it's not as much, Yeah. yeah. The, the intensity of it is so much more. Yeah, I remember the first time. That was the first thing I noticed. Cause I got to do the one-on-one, -on -one, which that one was more it was awkward. It was, yeah, as yeah. they said, looked like two refrigerators yeah. humping each other because yeah. yeah. kept getting tied up with the axe. But then I got to do that melee, which was, I don't what was that, that five was or six five, person? It was a five-person five free-for-all. Free and that was fluid. That was like, that was Yeah, that was a that good was one. people throwing strikes and getting hit and, you know. Yep. It was it was good. And I kept remembering, like, there were, like, little breaks where someone would go down and you'd kind of be apart. And I just remember just hearing my breath, like, oh, I'm so tired right now. Oh, this is this is rough. And then, you know, fortunately, I had made it down to the, the final two. And I remember the guy that was just waiting for me taunting me. And I'm like, I have nothing. I was like, this has to end right now. I was like, I got to end this quick. And then finally got him down. And, and I, I just remember the first feeling. It was feeling. a headlock throw. You yeah, grabbed the I just grabbed. Just, I didn't even. I was like, I'm not even messing no, with this weapon. I'm not weapon. gonna fight you. I'm, I'm just, just. I know I'm stronger, kind of thing. Yep. Like I'm gonna give you everything I got, or you're gonna win because I'm gonna collapse I'm on the ground in a pile of like sweat. And just that feeling of trying not to panic, but being like Drake, get this helmet off of me right no, now. Yeah, you did like, say that. I said you need the helmet. He's like, you were like, get the helmet off. Get the helmet off. Need the helmet right off. Now. I need it off. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Trying to stay calm, but still feeling the CO2 build up and just being like. Okay, yeah. this has to go. One of the closest I've come to death athletically <laughs> in all my pursuits like that was in July. I yeah. went down to fight with the Barbarians, and it was my third time fighting ever so far, right? So I'd only fought twice before that. And it was July, nine, mid to high 90s, 94, 97 in that region degrees, yeah. without the humidity factor, and you know where we live. So high 90s blazing sun, no clouds. I show up expecting like, you know, okay, well, at least we'll be fighting inside, you know, even if it's not air conditioned, which it was originally. Oh, at mm -hmm. least we'll be fighting inside. I show up with first, first time wearing my own armor mostly, except the legs. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I get there and they're remodeling the building and they're like, he's like, oh, we're fighting out back on the gravel. <laughs> I'm like, so we're fighting in 97 degree weather on the gravel in a bullpen, a metal bullpen in armor that is all metal and black where it's not metal <laughs> black leather and fabric so you're telling me that's what i'm gonna do and uh i hadn't drank enough you know all this kind of stuff and i remember going out there and oh my god i could barely walk the armor wasn't built for me so you know my <laughs> knees are catching and like i can't even walk and we're doing a three-on-three -three melee first time i've ever done one of those and it was just insane. I remember saying to the guys, because I got armored at first too, so I'm standing in this side of this building that already is like 80-something degrees. I remember we walked outside and I looked at the guys, and of course I'm supposed to be this in-shape guy that shows up, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, guys, I don't really think I'm going to be much use out there today, or like I'll just give it what, you, what I got. That's all I can tell you. All yeah. I can promise to you is that I'll give it what I got, but that's not a lot right now. And I remember 
the, after the first round, I was like, whoa, I, I don't know if I, like I twisted my ankle because my arm, leg armor didn't even move. I like sprained my ankle, which I still <laughs> deal with sometimes now. Yeah. And then the second time it was like, I, I don't know if I can do this. And I went out there and fought and I ended up literally trying to tackle a guy. I was so exhausted. I totally miss him. Hit my head first thing on the bull, on the bull ring metal fence and just collapsed to the ground screaming, get my helmet off. And then they had to pour a bucket of water all over my head. Damn. And I still remember that moment of like, you know, like I was pale. No, they said my lips were blue. Lips were blue. My lips were blue. And that's the only time that's ever happened to me except getting hypothermia. (laughs) And this is the opposite of that. So that was like, okay, that was my lesson to, hey, man, there's, there are times that you don't want to be doing this sport. And that is outside in the middle of a humid summer. Yeah. But, uh, but damn, it was still so rewarding because I look back on it and smile. It's like, damn, if I could endure that any other workout I'm doing or any other thing I'm doing mm-hmm. is like, okay, I'll be all right. Yeah, I think there's something important about that, you know, that test to your metal and specific to a combat sport too is like, I mean, you can do all these other things and, uh, you know, my, my make a living off of fitness and that's yep. one of my passions, but the machines and barbells don't hit back. Yep, and there's right. something to be said about an opposing force or an active opposing exactly. force versus a passive exactly. one. And even with the passive ones, it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, that's my main thing I love over the years. But it's, it's like, uh, if I'm, if I'm trying to push my limit on some crazy deadlift, like Mm -hmm. that day I did the 500 for 20, totally insane. Yeah. But I could just choose to put the barbell down. Right. You know, sure. My willpower, I'm testing myself against myself. I I love all those statements. They're true. But to put it plainly, that barbell is not going to hit me back. Exactly. You know? You could and quit any time without. I could quit at any given moment. Any direct consequence. Yes, there's not a time limit. It's not you know, and melee is even wilder. It's like you know, I guess I could take a knee, but no one's gonna do that. No. Um, you know, it's like okay, until everybody's done here, or I'm still standing. It's gonna we're gonna keep fighting now, and yeah. I'm exhausted, and that's just gonna be what it is. And uh, I mean, I remember the same thing so well in wrestling. You know, yeah. that position of like man, and especially when you're losing. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, you know, but you don't, you just, you just, you just have to keep going. Yeah. And that creates a different kind of metal inside you. You know, it's, uh, it's important. I think some degree of, of, uh, combat sport, combat training, um, throughout our lives, direct competition, not even, yeah, direct competition, even, 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 even stuff that isn't contact, you know, like racing, you know, racing each other. Um, that direct, immediate, like moment-to-moment competition. Yes. Once again, I love powerlifting and stuff, but not like, hey, let's all go and see who can do the most. That's cool. Right. Um, but that moment-to-moment competition, where it's like we're all gonna we're gonna do this against each other right now, mm-hmm. even if it is in contact. But um, I think that's so important for everybody, especially men. I really do believe that to oh, do yeah. contact early in age, get conditioned to that. I always say and wholeheartedly still stick to the statement that I don't value the opinion of nor trust a man who in his entire life has not once been punched in the face mm-hmm. and punched someone else in the face. Right. If you haven't done both of, or at least one of those two things, I, I probably can't take it too seriously at the end of the day. Yeah. Which sounds wild, but it's just, I mean, if you really break it down, think about all of history. You know, Imagine if you had gone through life throughout most of human history and you're able to say that, that'd be a red flag for any man being around you. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, you've never been in a physical conflict ever? Right. Even like against how an animal. Have you survived this like long, how have man. you what are you why are you, <laughs> are you what, what are right you now? doing? You know, like yeah. what's going on here? I, I don't know if I can trust your advice, that's for sure, because in the real world, that's that's tried and true part of living. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, it you, definitely is nice to to reinvigorate ourselves with yeah conflict combat, and that's one thing I love about the conflict combat we're doing, especially the group combat. Yeah, the the spade the the awareness involved is different. Like I said, when we did the three person free for all over the weekend, mm-hmm. being aware of your situation, your surroundings, and also getting to have however unlike it is truthfully it's as close as we're going to get to having a taste of what our ancestors experienced Mm -hmm. the combat they experienced which is not even remotely similar to modern war right i mean at all right um with some exceptions when things get close quarter you know maybe right Right. but it's not as intimate it's not as it's not as intimate it's not as well and it's not it's just not the same at all and what they went through for all of human history is something that I would like to relate to. I'm not so arrogant as to say this is even remotely comparable to that, but it right. is similar enough to at least have some fathoming oh, yeah. more than I did beforehand of what it's like to be in a situation with you know all that going on, that exhaustion, the equipment. And it also makes you realize you know, how absolutely, on the note, on a more practical note, how incredible armor really is. Oh, yeah. Because make no mistake, anyone listening to this before, if you think that any of these shots that you ever see in the sport could be taken to the human body without padding and armor, you are sadly mistaken. I mean, every single one of these, even the duels with the lightest swords we have, these shots would be shattering bones. I mean, our skull couldn't even endure the mildest hits that we're talking about with metal. And it's amazing how when we don't this stuff, which is quality stuff, but when we don't it, I mean, I hit you last weekend with yeah. double overhand shots with a weapon that weighs seven pounds. And when we're talking weapons, that's heavy. Right. And you're and, a strong guy that can produce And I'm a, a strong force. guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like I'm a strong guy that really can produce force, as are you. And you didn't feel any serious injury, even remotely. No. And it's, it's like what, that would have literally split your skull all the way down to your neck yeah. with the dull edge. Yeah, with the dull with edge. With the dull edge. And it's a, it just, it, it's a testament of how ingenuitive we are in terms of warfare and combat, even almost more beautifully in the older ages yeah. you know, than, than it is now. But uh, it's definitely cool to, to live some, some moment of glory that every kid wants to have when they're five and six and seven and eight years old. Like, if, if, let me tell you, if you didn't want to be a knight at some point in your life, at some point, or something similar to that, it doesn't have to be a knight, but if you didn't want to be a warrior, so to speak, yeah. with a weapon in your hand, fighting in battle, not some distant removed war of the modern age, like if you didn't have some inkling or yearning for that, then you should probably check your gender again and consider that. You know, Shit, this goes for women too, actually. I know a lot of girls who want to do that, so I take yeah. that back. You should just check your gut again and really realize if, you know, what what went on? I mean, maybe you're a little, you know, maybe you need a little more fire in your belly. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, I, I, like I said, I think it's going back to the combat thing. It's it's important for everyone to realize because we live in such a world now where it hasn't become yep. a necessity. And personally, I think that's created a lot of problems with our people. Yeah, it um, has. Because you know, you don't have that res- you don't have the respect. I'm not saying that we should live in a world where it's always a necessity either. No, I'm not complaining. No. But we lose the respect for what we had to do to get yeah, to here that's because right. we wouldn't have this if we didn't have people that without a thought were like, yeah, I'm going to put this weapon in my hand, I'm going to put this armor on, and I'm going to go try and kill this motherfucker across from me because we need to. Mm-hmm. And, and like, again, we lose sight of that, and it becomes this label like, oh, toxic masculinity doing yeah, this stuff. Yeah, it's so like, comical. It's like, you know, it's, it's amazing how, how we're able. It's, it's such a privilege to even have thoughts like that. It's such a privilege yeah. of technology and comfort to even think, 
you know, the idea to break it down for modern people in the first world, like that idea in other areas in the world today and everywhere in the world for all of human history until the past 10 to 20 years, 25 years yeah. here, maybe 70s if you want to push it, is laughable because it's not possible. Mm -hmm. It's laughable because it is an impossibility. It's literally as laughable as, I mean, saying you're going to jump to the moon right now. Yeah. That's just not fathomable. Oh, so you're going to just be purposefully, excessively soft. Yeah. And I mean, the reason it's not possible is that you, you would just not live to adulthood. You, well, yeah, you would just plan out. <laughs> so, sorry, nature yeah. just doesn't work that way. And if way. you did, anyone around you would just take everything you have from you liberally and then laugh about it afterwards and you'd have nothing to show for your life. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying to be callous and harsh all the time. But, no. But the, and I'm far from that. I actually am pro I'm very proud of being often very kind, altruistic in my direct day-to-day yes. -day life. Um, I care for things, you know. Uh, deeply, even even little animals. I don't even kill insects in my house most of the time. Mm -hmm. I carry them outdoors. I'm not some brute of a fool, but uh, but I also recognize the reality of of, of life yeah. and the reality of, of of survival and the way things work. And I According still have an appreciation law. for what thousands of men and women did in order to get me here right now, where I don't have to worry about yeah. as much. Yeah, we, for whatever reason, we can't separate. You know kindness and cruelty from strength and weakness exactly like, kindness exactly. doesn't mean weakness no and then being strong doesn't mean you're being yes okay yeah maybe i'm i'm in a room and i could kill everyone here no problem doesn't mean i'm going to doesn't mean exactly. i even want to doesn't exactly. mean that but there's something about you know having that inherent strength that almost makes you kinder because you're not you're not worried it does. about it. it does we always say this too you know I've, I've noticed that the kindest people in terms of day to day and now there's exceptions to this like anything else mm -hmm. but the most uh, centered yeah. and kind men I know without being, like I said, without being soft, which is something else entirely, but, but truly controlled, calm, with an even keel demeanor who care about the people around them and interact well with others are usually either the biggest and strongest guys I know, which is very common, mm -hmm. huge, big, strong guys, the most dangerous men I know, yep. regardless of their size, often both, right? Right. Um, and the most experienced in violence. Yep. Um, because they have a sense of centeredness and an understanding, a balanced understanding of, of, of life. Yes. And uh, it's, I think that's a consistent trait people will see. And I think, you know, the more um, emotionally reactive people are, both as individuals and as subcultures, mm -hmm. the, the more that displays a lack of life experience and a lack of understanding of the duality of, of third dimensional living. Yeah. Whether a that's lack life of and hard death, life experiences, peace and violence, overcoming a, challenges. You got or, it, yeah. exactly. Struggle and comfort, and yes. the list goes on. You know, you, yeah. you go too, too far in one direction as an individual or as a society, and you're gonna see uh, some serious repercussions for that. And there's mm -hmm. no doubt that we have just gone way too far as a society culturally and then the direction of very uh, soft, passive, and, and also having no direct interaction with life, whether yep. that's how we get our food, how our ancestors fought to get us here, mm -hmm. how we ourselves maintain our own physical health, the list goes on. It's like we're so far removed from it. And we have these strong opinions about the way things should be without experiences. While the rest of the world has so few opinions they blurt out, as I blurt my opinion, um, <laughs> but you know, that they blurt out while they have a tremendous quantity of life experience and struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting concept. But. Yeah, well, I think the, the more you try and you know, create yourself and create the world around you, 
the the less concerned you are with the other things because you're you're yeah. in control you decide yeah. you're in control when you don't do those things you aren't in control and yeah. you realize that and instead you're like well and for whatever reason instead of choosing to take the steps to control things in your life you want to control other things that exactly. are that exactly. other people's stuff so well to said. fit your narrative because you haven't taken the control of your yeah. you 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 realize oh I'm not uh, surviving well in this environment I need the environment to change not me yeah, that's absolutely, the, and that's the blame game, that's right? The blame that's the reactionary. Yeah. It's victim mentality. I mean, this is very standard. And for guys with our general, I mean, I will say for guys with our general habits and interests, that's a very common word that we use, but it's for good mm -hmm. reason. You know, the biggest thing, if there's a single thing to avoid in life, it is the victim mentality. Yeah, and that, that is applies different to from everything. being a victim. Right. Being a, a victim true is victim. a legitimate thing. Yeah, a true victim isn't doesn't honestly have the time to display they a victim, have the mentality victim mentality because they're, in, they're a victim. They're yeah. actually going through the repercussions of victimhood. Yes. They don't have the time or the luxury to, to honestly display it. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and that's, I mean, back to the original point is that whatever pursuits can bring people um, closer to that centered place in themselves, they should do so, mm -hmm. you know. So for some people, that may be that they do need to draw back. They do need to step away from, from the harshness of their self-discipline, mm -hmm. the constancy of their rigorous training and fighting oh, yeah. and, and travel. And, and learning and you know the list goes on the things that we glorify heavily right and I do glorify those things um, for some people that's the case but I mean if we just look at it objectively if there is such a thing we can say that most people in this country and the country similar to it need to do quite the opposite of that they need to start they need to, they they need to be start. harsh on themselves yeah they need to do do everything they need to be under the weights mm -hmm. they need to be experiencing combat and contact and rigorous sports mm -hmm. at an early age. They need to be taking cold showers here and there. They need to, the list goes on, they need to abstain from sugar. They need to have the self-discipline to not drink every day. The list goes on, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that already. Um, they need to have the ability to push themselves to read and attain, uh, maintain an attention span and all this kind of stuff that we've lost so quickly. Um, and I think, you know, I really do believe that what also is needed, and this comes back, ties back into our original topic of this, is that what is also needed, and we've experienced this recently in our groups, is a sense of a real community, real interaction with yep. other human beings that centers around something that does make us both better and harder in a positive sense. Yes. Something that actually brings us together and says, here I have a real sense of solidarity with other people with, mm -hmm. with like interest or coming together creating a like interest, and we're going to pursue it together. Yep. Like with that, the armored combat practices recently, we've got 10, 20, 25 people coming over throughout the day, men, women, ranging from, you know, kids, you yeah, know, people three, bring years, their kids to come three years old, <laughs> all the way to people in their 70s, yeah. you know, and, and, and coming together to watch other people fight and the joy other people fighting brings to the whole group. Mm -hmm. is something that feels very authentically tribal. Yeah. Not the buzzword tribal, not the tribe of people who all like Nike, right. you know, that have never met each other. You know, it's like a real sense of, hey, we all actually have a community. We come together, we do this, we better mm -hmm. ourselves. And that is something beautiful. We, we had something similar, but not nearly as wholesome with the powerlifting club. Yeah. You know, we're all coming together on Sundays. We're all lifting together. We're all hanging out in between. We're supporting each other. We're spotting each other. The list goes on. Some of us are going to hang out afterwards or go get a meal afterwards. But this is even further. We're all meeting outside, mm -hmm. fighting all day, you know, 
practicing other skills, rooting each other on, and that's just a beautiful thing. People yeah. trying something new, couples coming together, families coming together. Um, and a quote from someone I often quote, building on the bones of the past with the flesh of the present mm -hmm. and the blood of the future. <laughs> right? We're making something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's something I can see armored combat becoming, um, in our at least immediate circle, is something to really be a pivot point. Mm -hmm. It is, it seems like the spotlight, and it does take the, the physical spotlight, but it's just a pivot point around which people can gather, and at the end of the night, they're all sitting there around the bonfire talking about the fights they had that day yeah. and everything else. And that is something special. Well, yeah, I think it came along at the right time, the, the, the way things came together with the armored combat, and it is, like you said, the pivot point or that the centerpiece to yeah. to what we're developing with the Immortal Project here is, you know, trying to reignite the flame of all those things we talked about that are lost and bring people into the fold that want that yes. are seeking that too because I think a lot of people are seeking that and just feel like either A, no one else is around them or B, I don't know how to make this happen because I'm just I felt just that myself. when I was younger. Yeah, 100%. I, I felt that too before I've, I've met a lot of people that we've met recently really yeah. and it's, it's kind of ramped up but... Um, yeah, just trying to build that community around the armored combat, but not, you know, we're, we're going to add in other things, other forms yeah. of combat. We're going to add in yeah. archery, basic survival skills. And then, I, I mean, I'd like to make it even start adding in art, you know, bring in your music, yeah. bring in your poetry. Bring people's talents together. All of these things, you know, yeah. building building that culture in a sense. That culture with the cult being a non-negative <laughs> right. preface to the word culture for the a reason. The actual intention is of... The actual real intention of cult, which isn't this, some weird cult of personality where people do some strange, you know, counter-societal activity, yeah. but where people actually come together and and better each other yeah. and better themselves therefore, where they can actually, I think the biggest, the biggest inherent, not to cut you off by the way, no, but the biggest good. inherent desire, I think of most human beings, especially at certain points in their lives, is, is expression of self in a way that is acknowledged by others, mm -hmm. right? And that's, we're a social animal, there's no, oh, yeah. that. and I have nothing wrong with social media, I use it heavily. For the past few years, it mm -hmm. has played a large positive role in my life because I also know how to use it and generally avoid the back edge, the nasty edge of it pretty well. Yeah. Not entirely, but pretty well. But I will say that one example is that social media, among other things, is an example of how desperate people are for that sense that of sense social of, solidarity, yep. recognition, connection, um, because we live in such, now more than ever with this COVID business, it's such an isolated world, such a strange, um, almost socially awkward world now, mm -hmm where what we need really is people to come together physically. Yes. In reality, even if they share it later on their social medias as we do. Oh, but, yeah. You know, they need to come together physically in reality and they need to partake in human existence to its fullest and oldest degree. Yes. It's realist degree. And and do something that they feel like is bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. How often have we all heard that the biggest act of a hero, the biggest achievement in life itself, not just for a hero, but anyone, is to, and why we even have children at the end of the day, right? right. Is to put ourselves into something more than ourselves. Yep. And that gives us true purpose. That gives true validity to our actions and a lasting echo in time that is louder in our own voice. Yeah. And that's what we're doing here. And gives us fulfillment, going back to like you exactly. said, like we, we do ultimately crave to, you know, do things for others and be recognized in a positive way for that. Yeah. Now, you know, it's about finding that balance of, you know, not... Like I'm, I'm particularly a person. Like I think most people by now realize most. I don't care what most people think. Yeah. 
but I care a lot about the people that I, what people that I respect think. Yes, that I, I care about, that, that I, I care respect. About, that are in that, and I think that, that that's that real connection, whereas yeah. going back to the social media, right, people will, they'll try and reach out and they'll try and do it, and even if they get that pod, like, oh, I got a thousand likes on this thing, they don't really feel good about that. Because there's that no substance not... to that. There's no sacrifice to yeah. that either. How many of those people are going to sacrifice their actual time, energy, money, mm-hmm. love, et cetera, in a real sense? I mean, very few. Yeah. And like, the ones who would probably know them in real life. If anyways. I hit a deadlift <laughs> PR and you or Dan or someone, Johnny, someone comes up to me, gives me the forearm, and like, yeah. dude, that was a good lift. Yeah. That will mean way more to me than infinite likes on Instagram always that's more than a thousand likes on any post I make you know to have the people that I really love and I'll tell you what I'd rather have not that I know I'd rather have five people I actually know like and see something I share on there and appreciate it and talk to me about it later because that that actually impacted my life right Mm -hmm. when people actually reach out to me that I do know from the armored combat and say hey man been seeing you do this armored combat stuff I would love to come try that that's the beautiful edge of social media right, right. there. Somebody Absolutely. who lives in Columbus that I'm a good friend with saying, hey, I'd love to come try that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, I know that person in real life. Or someone that I don't know saying, hey man, I, I don't know you, but I really like the stuff you're into. I'm in your area, I'd like to come interact with you. And then you have a real friend, a real life connection. Yeah. Beautiful edge. The idea of how many you know, random people can I see get to see this who don't really give a half a shit about it. No. That has no value, you know, and no, that's that personal what people, connection. What people need is that real connection. Like I talked about a few nights ago when we were all in here, it's like, you know, I believe in real altruism. I don't believe in fake altruism. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I mean by that is I care what happens to you. Right. I care what happens to people I know, to things that directly impact my life a lot more than I care about something that happened across the world. It's just realism, man. It's mm-hmm. it's I'm not a fake carer. <laughs> I mean right. You know, I know better. I don't, you know, I'm just a realist. Like, I, you know, if I had to choose you or some car in, in, in Malaysia, I mean, I'm going to choose that car to flip, not yours. I mean, right. I'm, I'm a realist in that sense. So oh, yeah. I think people need to focus more on the, the actual, the ripples in the world closer to themselves. Yep. The literal ripples in the world closer to themselves. And I say this all the time. Stop worrying about, you know, and I don't mean to sound callous here. Don't worry so much about the Amazon. Go plant a tree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go plant go one in plant your backyard. Go plant a tree in go your own backyard your instead yeah. of posting about how people should do this or that or the other Let them about take something care of that, that is totally out of your control in reality. Yeah. And, you know, or and the list you, goes on. Or maybe get to a point where you can infect Or get to a point where you out. can personally, yeah. exactly, where you do have the leverage in the world to impact. But you know, until then. But until then, do something you can do. Yeah. And, and, and have an impact on your real community, your real life, the people you actually know. And that's what we're striving to do here. Mm-hmm. If I can impact and better the lives of 50 to 100 people, which is a lot. I mean, I'm oh, yeah. reaching high there. 50 to 100 people I know in the next five years that come together on a regular basis, creating a culture, yep. truly, um, where we have built skills together, bled together, laughed together. Built real things together. Built like physical things, exactly. We've, all got, we've got, you know, one day I talked to Derek about this, a good friend of ours. We'll have a hall of our own, yeah. you know, for these fights. We'll have a big... Hall, um, that's a dream of mine. That's yeah, sure, that's my dream and his dream. But I think other people will appreciate that mm-hmm. and end up growing into it. You'll, you know, look at the impact you've made on people with the foot health, being barefoot mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you see people we really know. Oh yeah, you know, I'm, you know, here, here you go. Before you know it, we're taking seven mile barefoot hikes. Yeah, better, better for it. Extremely painful. Loved it. And um, and the list goes on. The more we can do that, the more real impact we're having in the world. I'd rather I'd rather do that any day then uh, spread some message to a bunch of people I'll never meet. Yeah, the the best I heard on a podcast that stuck with me was not letting your circle of concern get much bigger than your circle of influence. Right. right? And say, yeah. okay, it's got to be a yeah. little bit. A little in bigger. order to grow your circle yeah. of influence, you yeah. have to see what's yeah. beyond. 
but but not letting it Absolutely. so big again that you're and that you're not paying attention because oftentimes it's like you're putting all this energy into all this shit that you can't affect that you're not putting in the stuff that you could and that's that's going to the wayside that's right and yeah more, more people i think would benefit their own lives and the lives of people around them from looking back into that inner circle and you know again it always it's more meaningful to feel that prayer and on the flip side it's more meaningful to take that criticism oh it is from someone i respect yeah. and it makes you actually exactly. listen where and it's harder too it's harder it's hard to give criticism to people you respect i'm very bad at it yeah it's very all the same way but <laughs> i'm very bad at it you yeah. know and and uh god it is so important though yeah the real peer group yeah but those are the ones that it's going to sting either way right it's not going to feel good and probably feel a little worse coming from someone you care about yeah but it's going to have more of a positive much impact. worse which means it's going to have a more impact on your behavior and your future yes because that's going to sting a lot worse yeah. that praise is going to feel a lot better yes yeah, so then that praise and is going to exactly so you know the influence that people who you care about and know and once again you know i think we forget you know on the note of this on the kind of the original topic i keep going back to when you have um done certain actions with people the bond you make in that relationship with that person or people is much stronger. You know, relationships in our lives aren't about, aren't predominantly about the amount of time you spend mm -hmm. in the presence of another human being, right? Yeah, it's about the experience. Um, it's about the experience you share together. So if people are sharing experiences together that are involved, you know, uh, we see each other at work every day, you know, it's not really going to have a lot of value in that bond over time. Not by itself. No, exactly. Not by itself, yeah. you know, and then that bond over time, you quit that corporate job, that dude may never think about you again, or maybe he will for a few, three weeks, two, three weeks when you're not sitting next to him in your cubicle. And then he's honestly, you're kind of wrapped up, right? Mm -hmm. And occasionally talk about you to somebody else of the business. Um, and the list goes on from there. But when you're having experiences with people that involve things like, yeah, you know, you know, think about Anthony. He's leaving for boot camp because that guy who came last week. He's leaving for boot camp. He just fought with us in armor, though. Yeah. His his family tells me he's still talking about it on a damn near daily yep. basis. Right? We just got invited to his going away. We just thing. got invited to his going away <laughs> thing. We've hung out with this dude one, one time. time. <laughs> and think about that. And that one time hanging out with him. Yeah. Fighting with him. And Zach was already like, "Oh, he loves you guys." Like, yeah. You got it. Encouraging him towards something new one time versus the hundreds let's say make it clear hundreds of times we've seen him in the gym right which is closer than just seeing each other passing yeah. we're in the gym we're all here to better ourselves etc we say hello what's up yeah but With hundreds of times seeing him in the gym i never even had his phone number right. you didn't even know his name for no. a long time right i right. only learned his name a few months ago after seeing him in the gym for two hours two two years right yeah. every day damn near he's there twice a day sometimes and i'm there all day right and all that time no serious bond enough of one to, for me to approach him and say, hey, you want to come fight with us in armor this weekend? Yeah. One time fighting together, one time spending a day together, having a drink, and didn't even stay for the night. And all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're friends. Yeah. I've got his contact. I'm going to stay in touch with him. Yeah, and the list goes doing. on. Yeah. You know, when we, you know, same thing with Derek when we went down to New Orleans. When you travel with people, mm -hmm. you take a trip with people, you experience something together that is exclusive to your perspectives. Yep. It's important to build experiences with other human beings that in 10 years and 20 years and 50 years, you would be able to sit down with that same person, even if you had not seen them since then or very rarely or all the time, regardless, and be able to say, hey, do you remember when and have you both light up with the passion of a, of a nostalgic memory? Oh, yeah. That is connection. Oh, that is, And that's what I'm yearning to build here. Yeah. I want people that can get together and in 10 years, et cetera, 
they're going to have that fire of like, hey, we did this together. Yeah, it is about that experience. I mean, I've had that with this podcast where people, I didn't even know them at all. I reach out, let's have a yeah. conversation. Yeah. I talk to them. There's, there's a good handful of people that I talk to on a regular basis that I'd never even met before because this that one time of sitting down and having that intense, intimate conversation that I'm like, oh, okay, like, you're, you're my friend now. Like, mm-hmm. we're, you know, you are someone I'm going to think about and reach How out to. How could you not? Uh, I mean, having an, an hour to two hour intimate conversation with yeah. someone, like you, like, I mean, like you just said, literally, it's, it's, that's going to that's gonna make an impact. That two-hour conversation that goes into depth on principle and belief and life experience and the list Real goes conversation, on. not Real conversation. Yeah. You know, how much real conversation do we have on a regular basis? Not enough, that's no. for sure, and not much. Um, and that goes and brings me right back to real human connection. I'm mm-hmm. very big on traditional culture. I'm very big on primitive culture because it is real human existence. Yeah. But And I recognize we're not going to live like that right now unless things fall apart, but we're not living like that. We're living the way we are, but how can we bring that important foundation, the root of human existence, forward into time with us? Mm-hmm. We have to do the things that makes human existence what it is. Meaningful conversation, meaningful interaction, culture, experience, learning, danger to some degree. Yeah. The list goes on, right? If you don't have those things as the foundation of your relationships with people, those relationships are just not going to have the value they could. And ours has already developed a layer, our, our friendship, and we've yeah. only been good friends for... I mean, probably about a, uh, over a year yeah, now, now but, year. But, 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 you know, good friends for only a little over a year. And honestly, our level of friendship, our depth of friendship and the things we can talk about having done together already yeah. is, oh, I've had is more enough to write a with small you book. Than and, anyone else individually on a, on right. a basis and, you know, in 27 years of living. Exactly. And, and one year of... How many know, meaningful conversations have we had? A, a lot. I mean, this is, you know, we recorded a couple of them, but this is... Three of right. however countless hundreds, many. yeah, a hundred, yeah, know, whatever, and it's like it, it, to think, like you just said, meaningful conversation. How much small talk is there? I mean, it just gets to a point where it's like it, it might as well be like I'm playing The Sims or something yeah. half the time, you know. No. I've never even played that, but you know, it's just walking through life and hey, what's up? Yeah, how's well, it going? That's the, half the reason I give people these asinine answers, saying. Everything. Everything. Just yeah. so they at least wake up a little bit. They're right. like, oh, uh, usually people say nothing. Yeah. It's like, well, fuck, of course nothing is, more than nothing is going on. But if we could just encourage an experience for people that involves action and real meaningful interaction, we're, we're there. <laughs> well, and people crave that. I mean, tell me if you experience the same thing, but because I'm, I'm very, especially since I've been on my own now, I don't really filter who I am to my clients at all. Yeah. And I've noticed like when I start telling them a little more about the the more out there things that that are involved in my life or the way I look at things and they start coming back with some of their own and it's like at the beginning I would have just pegged them for the normal like, you know, I'm just going through yeah. the motions type shit and then yeah. they start getting and now I've got clients <laughs> Like, I, I love it, don't get, I'm not taking this and everything, but I got clients that won't shut up now <laughs> because, yeah. they, because they know that I'm someone that they can have that connection with because uh, they're like, uh, you're right. I, if I said this to anyone in my family or my friends, they wouldn't even look at me anymore. But I can tell you and I know you'll just look at me and nod and go, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give a quick shout out to some of my clients that will probably <laughs> listen to this to right now. I'm not going to say their names, but I know some of you, hopefully more than just some of you will end up listening to this at some point. I've heard those exact quoted words from clients. I heard yeah. it today twice i believe possibly more but twice for sure just today yeah and one day of training i've heard people say hey, you know i 
What I love is how comfortable I feel mm. around you, the way I can entirely be myself. Yes. I'm glad I can say whatever I want to say around you. Yeah. Why? Not because I tell them that, but because I'm whoever I want to be most of the time, or yes. at least for the most part, I am who I am and who I want to be in their company and in the gym, mm -hmm. right? That's the way I express myself. You're not trying to put on appearances. No, I'm just being myself, just be 100%. Exactly. I'm yep. just being myself. That is the way I really know. Of course, we have masks. We, we change. We are fluid. We're a mm -hmm. fluid person. We're not a concrete set of interests. But I, I am not afraid of full expression of those interests or that self, mm -hmm. whether that goes from the way I dress to you wearing you know, no shoes, <laughs> um, to the way we present ourselves, the way we speak, the topics we talk about, um, the list goes on. And you can see that in the majority of people, and, and like some of the ones I'm talking about right now, that rubs off on them, at mm -hmm. least in their interactions with me, it does. Yeah. You know, they're going to go on, they're going to tell me, you know, personal things that are, you know, that are just for me to hear, but that I'm glad to hear and they can trust me with. Yeah. Because they trust me enough to appreciate my authentic nature, even mm -hmm. if that's different than them or different than society's expectations. Yeah. And before you know it, you're figuring out, like you just said, these people could have all kinds of interest or they could have all kinds of seeds of interest that then grow because of their interaction with somebody who is so engaged with life. Yeah. And uh, I've seen it a hundred times. And I think that's half the reason behind my personal success, success as a trainer over the years is, sure, training methodologies and all this stuff matter. Don't get me wrong. But people but like most being of training, with you. Most of training is social skills. Yeah. Let me repeat that to anybody who wants to be a trainer here. Most of personal training is social skills. Yes. Don't worry about your degree. Worry about your ability to interact with people. Yep. Because that is what ultimately matters to their success, long term and short term. I say I'd argue that's true of most professions. It is absolutely <laughs> ours, perhaps ours, even more so. Yeah. Any any interaction profession, yeah. you know, if you yeah. can't interact with people in a consistent, healthy way that makes them want to be attached to the process, you know, good luck. But a bit of a tangent there, but still, I mean, like you said, it's it's, and that's what's so cool about this armored combat is that it is what we're doing here. The Immortal Project is left field as i've heard people say you know mm -hmm. you don't expect it you don't know most people are like i didn't even know that existed or yeah. could exist but here you guys are doing it you know here you guys are doing half the wild shit we do um and it just it makes people realize wow there's a lot out there to be try out get them out here get them to do it and before you know it a whole nother interest blooms so for anyone listening we'll kind of cut this one short today but um you know, think about that and think about kind of, like he said, the seeds of things you wanted to do. You know, it's for for Drake, it's been a short time for me, even a shorter time from just wanting to do this to, you know, okay, so I was in armor September, so what is that? Four months. Four months ago. And now we already basically are creating our own team. We've got a facility to host our own events. We've we met, well, I rekindled a relationship or re re met someone who I knew that happened to be an armorer that just came into our lives like it's all been together as destiny yeah. and I think that if you just kind of take your own steps and keep an eye out for you know other opportunities that involve it I, I, I really believe that you can pretty much make what you want to happen happen as long as you're willing to to work at it and again keep an eye open and, and take the necessary steps and be willing to challenge and take the risks and um, you know it's it's not always easy and, and you know, it's it can be a struggle, but ultimately, it's, it's the most rewarding and the most fulfilling overall, at least that I've experienced. Yeah, you're gonna die either way, man. Whoever you are out <laughs> yeah. there, go ahead and. Uh, Wait, what do you always say? You said. Then.
um, well, Ben says create the character that you want to be, but you always say this is your, your avatar, right? This is your avatar, man. This is, uh, this is, this is what you got. Yeah. You know, this is your story. This yeah. is your saga. This is a book you're writing right now, the pen's in your hand. The paper is empty as of this moment in time. There's plenty written in the past and you can read over that, don't get me wrong. You can project a future, but the pen is here, it's now, it's on the paper. If you want this to be a, a book worth reading, a book, a book worth sharing uh, and living, then I recommend doing that right now, whatever that might be. Take that next step, take that action. It could be doing armored combat, it could be jumping off of a plane, out of a plane, it could be climbing a mountain, it could be going and talking to that girl you've always wanted to know. Go do it, okay? Whatever that is, go do it. If you don't do it now, you're failing yourself and you're also failing the thousands of people that led up to this point that your flesh exists. So think about that when you wake up tomorrow morning and go live the life you want to live. Remember, if, if you die but everyone remembers your name, you're, you're immortal. immortal.